listens to the Wow Bible Podcast, a podcast which aims to show you that the Bible is alive and active. In each episode, I will share a passage in the Bible that God used to speak to me that truly left me saying wow. Come join in as I speak about how God used the Bible to strengthen me and teach me in ways that make you say wow too. Praise the Lord and thank you so much for joining for another episode of the Wow Bible Podcast. This episode is a special one as it's the last episode of season one. Today I'll be talking about why would a good God allow suffering in this world and how a Christian should respond to suffering and with that I'm also going to talk about my dad's fight with Covid and how God provided peace in the time of panic. This topic is an important one because it's the reason why many people don't believe in God and some have even left their faith because of dealing with suffering themselves. And I'm sure many Christians deal with this same issue. Maybe you're facing trials or you're seeing others suffering around you and you can't see a good God working behind all this. I'm a medical student and throughout my years in medical school, I've seen so many people with the most distressing lives. All the way from delivering a news to a woman who had five unsuccessful pregnancies that this one has also resulted in a miscarriage, telling parents that their child has been born with a genetic condition that would leave them bedbound or dead by the time they could walk, to counselling children who spend their evenings cutting themselves and causing physical pain so they can forget about their mental pain for a little while, families losing loved ones and being in such chronic pain that painkillers are no longer of any use, and the list goes on. Before I go into this topic, I want to say that I'm only 22 and there are I know there are people listening that are going through things that I would never be able to process and because of this, I'm not going to take this topic lightly at all. And my plan today isn't to read some fancy quotes or give a motivational speech. What I plan to do is to present to you plainly what the Bible says about suffering and I pray my testimony encourages you to find hope and peace even during times of grief and pain. The real idea for this podcast episode came when I was talking to one of my Hindu friends. She said that she has read the whole Bible, but there was one book that she didn't like at all, and that was the book of Job. So today I want to dig into that book to show you how we should respond to suffering as a Christian. We have so many questions about suffering, like why would God allow this to happen if he's so powerful? Is God even good? Does he even see us in our pain? Why doesn't God intervene and bring an end to evil? When we start the book of Job, we can see that God saw him as a righteous and blameless man and he was also very wealthy. A few verses down the line, we see a tragedy after tragedy upon his life. He loses his cattle, his servants, his children and then he loses his own health and the chapter shows a man who sits there scraping his own skin with broken pottery because he is in so much pain. And then Job asked God all the questions that I mentioned in the beginning, like why has God given me life only to send me suffering now? He curses his past, he hates the present, and then he thinks there's no hope for his future. Job thinks about all his good works and questions why God would allow him to suffer. After Job finishes questioning God, God begins to speak and he answers this question. God reminds Job that his worldview is limited, whereas God's is infinite. To put it more simply, God says, I know what you don't. The human mind will not be able to understand all that God does. And in the book of Job, God asks Job a series of questions, things that are too big or too wise for the human mind to understand or comprehend. 
Job wasn't able to reply to God's questions and God was simply showing Job that he knows something that Job doesn't. This reminds me of a story that I heard about a boy who was eating an apple. The boy asked his dad, Dad, why is my apple turning brown? And then the dad said, When you eat the first layer of the apple, the oxygen is introduced to it and so this changes the molecular structure of it due to some enzymes. This changes the colourless part of the apple to turn to a brown coloured secondary product. As soon as the dad finished talking, the son said, Dad, are you talking to me? You see, if God sits you down and tells you all the reasons for every single thing that happens on this earth, then I'm pretty sure that we too will say, God, are you really talking to me? Job is advised to recognise human limits and trust that God will take care of what Job and others cannot know or do. And I'll speak more about this when I share my testimony towards the end of this episode. The second point that I want to make goes with the first one, and that is, God sees the bigger picture. When I was in first year of medical school, we had a patient come to talk to us about her experiences with mental health disorder called schizophrenia. In this condition, people can hear things that are not there or see things that are not there, along with other delusional beliefs. This patient described a very tough upbringing with a history of bullying and a lot of things that happened that affected her mental state from a very young age. As she got older, she developed this delusional idea that there is an evil God that's planning out a horrible life for her. And as her condition worsened, she started to hear voices of this evil God that started to tell her to do certain tasks. And this psychosis led her to a very bad mental state until she seeked medical help. When I was in first year, she was actually nearly recovered from schizophrenia and she came to speak to medical students to give us advice on how to speak and interact with people with mental health problems. After her talk, we had a question and answer session and one person asked if whether she still thinks that God is evil. To this, she replied, I do think there is an evil God, but I don't believe the voices I was hearing was from him anymore. I know that that was my mental health problem. This really intrigued me and I remember praying to God saying, I hope she finds the real you one day and she finds out how amazing you really are. I actually saw this same lady do the same talk around two years later. At that talk, she was doing much better than before. She told us about how she's getting married and all the ways that her life has changed. This time, someone asked her if she would change anything that's happened in her life so far. And I thought surely she's going to change a lot of things because a lot of things went quite badly for her. She said that when I see the bigger picture, I know that every single thing that happened to me was necessary for me to be where I am right now. That answer made me smile and it made me think about how God can see the bigger picture in every single thing that happens in our life. I always find comfort in knowing that we have a good God who is in control, that works everything for good, whether it's in this life or for the life to come. The third point that I want to make is that the suffering in this world shows us that we live in a fallen world. It shows us that this world is not our home. We're just foreigners in this world. We're just passing through. We're awaiting a greater kingdom. There is a song that I loved called One Day, and the lyric says, One day there'll be no more lives taken too soon. One day there'll be no more need for a hospital room. One day every tear that falls will be wiped by his hand. One day the colour of our skin won't cause a divide. One day we'll be family standing hand in hand. 
There are some false Christian leaders like Joel Austin that teach a doctrine that says you need to claim your best life here on this earth. And that couldn't be more further from the truth. We're not here to live our best life here. If that's your plan, then your best life will end here on this earth. We're awaiting a greater kingdom. This world is not our home. Jesus said, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? There is a day in the future when we will all go to heaven, a day of rejoicing and an end to suffering and pain and a lifetime and eternity with our Father in heaven. This is the hope that we hold on to and what the disciples of Jesus held on to when they were persecuted and when they were suffering. Paul says in his letter, in 2 Corinthians 4.17, that for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So how should we as Christians respond to suffering? To tell you that, I'm going to share a short testimony. Around this time last year in April, my dad got COVID. It was the start of the COVID pandemic here in the UK and... No one was too sure about the symptoms, how long it would last, and about how serious it can become. At first, we didn't think too much of it. We just assumed that it would get better after a week. One week passed and it wasn't getting any better. In fact, it was actually getting worse. My mom tried to keep him isolated from us so that we wouldn't get it. So he stayed in his room and my mom would go in to look after him. After around two weeks, he started to become breathless and in a state that I've never seen my dad before. And it was around this time that I started to get very nervous. I would wake up each day and hear my mom tell me how he has gotten worse during the night. Each time he was taken to hospital, my fear was that he wouldn't be able to come back home again or that he would be intubated and all those thoughts kept playing in my mind. And for the first time in my life, this great fear of losing my dad kept me awake during the night. I would wake up each morning around 4am with a with my heart racing and I would sit next to the staircase right next to my dad's room and pray. One of these days I sat on my staircase and my mom came out of the room looking worried. She told me he isn't able to take his meals and she looked quite helpless. Tearing about how he was getting worse day by day started to get me really worried. This pattern was going on for around two weeks and I was telling God that I can't do this anymore. I can't keep on waking up every single day with this racing heartbeat constantly feeling on edge and constantly feeling like I'm about to lose my dad. That day, my heart was racing really fast. So I held on to my chest and I was trying to slow my heart rate down in some way possible. And I said, God, um, could you please give me some peace, more strength? Um, And I just paused. And as I paused, I heard the birds chirping outside. They were so loud, so loud that it was distracting me. My heart still was racing so fast thinking about losing my dad and again I sat there with my hands on my chest to try calm my heart which was bounding at this time. But I kept getting distracted about this noisy birds outside chirping really really loudly. But as I paused this verse came into my mind which I had memorized as a little girl. It's Matthew 6 26 to 30. Look at the birds in the sky. They don't plant or harvest. They don't even store grain in barns. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than the birds? Can worry make you live longer? Why worry about clothes? 
Look how the wild flowers grow. They don't work hard to make their clothes. But I tell you that Solomon, with all his wealth, wasn't as well clothed as one of them. God gives such beauty to everything that grows in the fields, even though it's here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow. He will surely do even more for you. Why do you have such little faith? I recited that verse in my head and smiled. I listened again to the chirping of the birds and thought, Wow, my God, you really do have peace that surpasses all understanding. If God can look after the birds in the sky, the wild flowers of the field, how much more will he care for my needs? Wouldn't he be there for me when I need him? God stilled my beating heart that was bounding at that time, right there, right at that moment. I felt a peace of God that gave me strength. Had my problems gone away? No, it didn't. Did my dad walk out of the room breathing and talking like he always did right at that second? No, he didn't. He was still in the room, still struggling, still with COVID. But one thing changed in me. I put my fears at the feet of Jesus and held on to a promise in the Bible. In Philippians 4.6 it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The first thing we can do when we are faced with suffering is to look to God. Be strengthened by the peace that he gives. The letter to Philippians was written when Paul was in prison, a time when he was going through suffering and getting beaten and ridiculed by the Romans. Yet, it's a book filled with joy and that joy doesn't come because of circumstances. This joy comes from Jesus. We aren't to leave God every time something bad happens in our life, but to hold on to him even tighter and accept the joy and the peace that only God can give. Finally, what makes the Christian viewpoint of suffering different from other religions? Different religions have different reasons for suffering. A Hindu will say that the suffering that you're enduring are a result of something you did in your past life. A Muslim will say that the suffering that you face are tests set by Allah to see if you would remain faithful in the midst of suffering. Both religions will claim that God will be with us during our hard times. The Christian view is different because of this one reason, and I'll share a testimony that I heard from a sermon. One day, a woman who lost her 25-year-old son because of a drug overdose was sitting at his funeral. At his funeral, many people tried to comfort this mother. She tried to hold on for a long time till one man came and told her that God is with you and he sees your pain and he hurts with you. And although this woman was a strong Christian, she got so upset and said, Well, what does God know about losing her? And she paused and she was about to say, What does God know about losing a son? The Christian worldview of suffering is different because we don't have a God who sits on a throne and tells you from there that he's with you. We have a God who stepped down from his throne and came into this earth and he suffered for us. There was a time in my life when I felt quite lonely and I felt let down by my friends. And I remember talking to God and saying, well, you wouldn't understand. You had 12 close friends and actually even more when you were here. Then I remembered Judas and said, fine, you had 11. That's still a lot. And then I thought back to his disciples denying him and leaving him and him getting betrayed by the very ones that he loved and who looked after for three years. So he did know my pain. He does know how it feels like to be rejected. God does know how it's like to lose a son because he did give his one and only son for us. 
God sees our pain. Our God isn't the one that sees our pain and leaves us here. As we see in the Gospels, Jesus stood with Martha and Mary and joined in with their suffering when they lost their brother Lazarus. In John 11.35, there's a very short verse that says, Jesus wept. In fact, God cares so much for how much we suffer that he left his heavenly throne, came down into this earth, chose to be born into a poor family, accepted punishment for something he didn't do, all because he loved us. For those of you who are new to the Bible, the Old Testament talks about many prophets who wrote prophecies, and one prophet wrote about the Messiah as a suffering servant, and this chapter paints the picture of Jesus on the cross who willingly took the penalty for the sins of mankind. Historical evidence shows that Isaiah was a real person, and these prophecies are recorded to be written before Jesus came into this earth. Isaiah 53 says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of a dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Verse 4 says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. I'm going to close today's episode with a recap. When we are faced with suffering, we need to be aware that there are things going on in this world that are too great for us to understand. God knows something that we don't. God sees the bigger picture and God works everything out for our good, whether that is for this life or for the one to come. Suffering in this world shows us that we live in a fallen world. This world is not our home, and we can go to this new home because of what Jesus did on the cross. Unlike other religions, you don't need to measure up to certain type of righteousness. God isn't looking at what you can do for him. Jesus did everything already. Jesus came down to this earth and was crucified to take the punishment for our sins. Now all you have to do to go to heaven is accept this free gift of salvation. In Revelation 1-4, Jesus says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He is preparing a new place for us. As a Christian, we can respond to suffering by holding on to God more during tougher times. During hard times in my life, I love singing a song called There is Peace in Christ. If you are going through a hard time, I invite you to repeat these words with me. He gives us hope when hope is gone. He gives us strength when we can't go on. He gives us shelter in the storms of life. When there's no peace on earth, there's peace in Christ. There is peace in Christ when we walk with him through the streets of Galilee to Jerusalem. Let the broken arm dry the tear-filled eyes. When we live the way he lives, there's peace in Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope it was a blessing for you. If this podcast helped you in any way, I'll be so grateful if you could share this on your story and tag at Daily Bible Student. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot if you could leave a quick rating and a review. It would really help this podcast to reach more people. If you would like to get more updates on the podcast, then follow at Daily Bible Student on Instagram or follow the hashtag, hashtag the wow Bible Podcast on Instagram. May God bless you.